of messages right now on the Lord's Prayer. And today we're going to continue that series. Here's what our goal is, is that you will learn to pray. Learn to pray the way Jesus taught to pray. The disciples asked Jesus a question, Lord, could you teach us to pray? And this is the response. What we're looking at is the response. Jesus did not say, oh, just whatever. He didn't say, oh, just talk to God. He's listening. That is not what he said. He said specifically what we should pray. But not that we would just recite the exact words that he prayed, because in the context of Jesus sharing this, he also said, don't get into vain repetition. In other words, just repeating a prayer just to repeat a prayer. Because don't think that you're going to get answered. Don't think that that's what the Father is looking for. So in other words, what I believe Jesus was doing is saying, here's a model prayer. Here's the way to pray. Here's the way to talk to God. And so my hope is that all of us will better know what Jesus was saying when he taught his disciples and was teaching us how to pray as well. So here's what we've been looking at, the Lord's Prayer as recorded in Matthew chapter 6. And so if you have a Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 6. And I grew up hearing it in the King James Version. And also we had it sung in the King James Version at our wedding. Anybody with me on that? A few of us. And so uh, maybe you're familiar with that. So uh, you may not be quite so familiar. But what I'd like for you to do over these six weeks is to memorize this prayer. And so what you could do is just memorize a phrase of it. We're going through it phrase by phrase. You could just memorize a phrase a week, and you would have the entirety of, the, of this um, uh, text memorized by the time we get to the end of it. But either way, uh, whether you want to jump all in or phrase by phrase, uh, let's all recite it together. So stand up. And if you don't have a copy of the scriptures with you in King James Version, which you may not, uh, you can cheat if you need to by looking on the screen. All right? Let's say it together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. All right, good job. You may be seated. You know, let me start off today by asking a simple question. If we were to record your prayer life, what would get the biggest playtime? How would your prayer come across? Would it look a lot like a grocery list? You know, hey God, 
I want you to do this and this and this today. And, oh, I need this, and I could really use this. And uh, see you tomorrow. Would it look like that? What would your prayer life look like? Well, Jesus gives us a model of how we ought to pray. And today we're going to shift gears. For the last two weeks, we've been focused on God, our Father, uh, His kingdom. But today, we're going to focus on us and our needs and the needs of those around us. But this comes in a divinely inspired list of, of the way to approach God. Because how we should approach God, Jesus said, is first of all, who are you talking to? You ever thought about that? Just who are you talking to? Just who's on the other line? Who's on the other end? Who's there? Jesus said he's the God, the Father, who's in heaven with heavenly power at his disposal. That's who you're talking to. So you need to think about that first. And then you need to think about Whose kingdom are we talking about anyway? And whose will needs to get accomplished? And so we surrender to that. And I was thinking about that because if our prayer life looked like, and let's just say if our relationships ran like some of our prayer lives do, and I'll just take mine for example. What if I said to Rochelle each day, now here's what I want. Here are my demands. <laughs> and what, what if I just every day just said that? Probably I'd be on the sofa, right? <laughs> and then the sofa would make its way to the deck, you know, eventually. Because that wouldn't go over so well. And so Jesus said, don't you just come rushing in with your list. You need to talk and connect with your Father first. And, and pray to your Father in heaven. Get the right mindset before you ever list anything. And submit yourself to His kingdom and His will in your life. And how many of you know that sometimes God's will is different from yours? And it ends up that he had the better idea. I remember when I was graduating from Bible college, and uh, back in the day at Central Bible College, we had a nickname for the college. It was Central Bridal College because so many people were getting married. <laughs> and it was just kind of funny how in the springtime there'd be rings flying around, people getting married, getting ready to graduate. You know, oh, it was time to get married too, you know. And so I thought, hey, that's great timing. God, let me get married right as I come out of college and go into ministry. That oh, perfect timing. God, just bless that plan. Just bless that plan. And you know what? God didn't bless that plan. I graduated single. And as a result, I had very limited opportunities because there were a lot of people who did not have interest in hiring me on as a single guy 
uh, to be on their staff. And then I got a call from Terre Haute Church that uh, I went to and I visited. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, through occurrences, a door flew open to the church room. And uh, I looked back and there was Rochelle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Our eyes met. And it was like a love at first sight thing. I didn't know if she married, single, whatever. But I was like, mm, thank you, Jesus, you know. <laughs> oh, yes, Jesus, you know. And, uh, and, and so we wound up, of course, getting married. And, and God had the better plan. I'm so glad for God's plan. See, and some of you, you thought, oh, I need this car. God, give me this car. Give me this car. Give me this car. And then God doesn't give you that car. And then you find out later that car got recalled. Or you find out later that wasn't a good buy after all. And God had a better car for you to buy. You know, sometimes God has a different plan than we do, and how many of you know Father knows best, right? Father knows best, so we submit to the Father, we submit to His will, His kingdom in our lives, and when we do that, now we're in position, and if you weren't here the last two weeks, I'd challenge you and encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast. Now we're in position to begin to ask for certain things. And we're going to ask for food. How many are with me on that? We're going to ask for daily bread. And uh, I just have this opinion. I don't know if you share this or not. But I kind of categorize a good restaurant by its bread. You know, there was a restaurant in our community a few years ago, several years ago now, that was this Italian restaurant. We went there, and the food was really good, but they didn't serve bread. And I'm like, seriously? What? You don't have bread? You don't serve bread? What kind of Italian restaurant is this? You know? Everybody, everyone knows that any good Italian restaurant is going to serve some bread. Are you with me? Right? And, and so I just kind of categorize restaurants by bread. And Jesus says we're to pray for daily bread. And so... Let's look at how we should pray for provision. So if you're taking notes, there's three things I want to give you today that I believe that Jesus, and we see this from other scriptures as well, that he puts into this. The first thing is that God is a giver. We, we need to recognize that God, our Father, is a giver. He says, give us. That word give literally means to give or to grant into our lives. God, would you grant this? And, and here's what we need to do is he, we need to submit to his will and his design and his desire so that we're asking in the right frame of mind. So that we're asking the Father according to his will. But the point is God just loves to give. He is a 
provider. And we see this from the very beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis. He says, hey, go enjoy yourselves. I have provided this for your pleasure. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 7, which is the very next chapter after this, he says, ask, and it'll be given. Knock, and it'll be open. Seek, and you'll find. See, if we'll do it, he will give. Now, he also says, now, if a father is asked by his son for a piece of bread, What kind of dad would give him a stone? And if a son asked his father for a piece of fish, what kind of father would give his son a snake? And if you, Jesus says, being evil wouldn't do that, how much more? Ooh, I love that. How much more? more will your heavenly Father give to those who ask Him. See, God wants us to ask Him. He wants us to knock. He wants us to seek. He wants us to come after Him. It's His desire to provide for us because He's a much better Father. We learned this in week one than we are. And he will give as the true father that he is. And so what do I know about the true heart of God? Here's the thing that you need to do. If when you're praying, okay, and maybe there's just two people like this, that when you pray, you get doubt in your head. And, um, well, maybe there's three people, okay? Um, Or you get fear or unbelief tries to come. And maybe even the enemy says, hey, do you think you're going to get that? Do you think God's even listening? He listens to that person, but I don't think he pays any attention to you. I don't think you're going to get this. And and maybe you don't even need the devil's help. You do good on your own, you know, (laughs) talking yourself down from it. And and so maybe you you fight that. Here's what you need to do. You need to declare what you know is true about God. You need to declare what is true about God. And the Bible says, he, in the book of Hebrews, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He's a rewarder. He loves to reward. Jesus said he loves to open the door when you knock. He loves to let you find things when you seek after them. He loves to give as you ask for him to give. He loves doing those things. David in the Old Testament said, I've been young, now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed go begging for bread. You see, God is a giver, and he loves to give to his children. And then Jesus says, give us, all right? Give us. And and so we know that he gives for us. It's not just give me my daily bread. That's not what Jesus said. He said, give us our daily bread. 
In other words, your bread is not just for you. The, the bread that God gives to you, it, it's a collective thing. And it's a principle that Jesus illustrated in grand fashion in front of thousands of people. Thousands of people were gathered to hear Jesus, and they were getting hungry, and the disciples come to Jesus and said, Lord, we need to send this crowd away because they're getting hungry, and, and they need to go get something to eat. We just don't want anybody passing out on the road. And Jesus said, well, you give them something to eat. They said, well, how are we going to do that? All we've got, we've looked around. There's two fish and five loaves. So what is that among so many? And Jesus says, have everybody sit down. And he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples. And how many went to Sunday school? You, you maybe know or remember what happened. It multiplied, right? It multiplied so much that everyone got fed and they took up 12 baskets of leftovers. In other words, they ended up with more than they started with. And Jesus is giving a principle. When I bless you with bread, it's not just for you. If you'll let go of some of it, you'll see me multiply it. You'll see me cause it to feed other people. You'll see it work in miraculous ways. I was listening to a podcast, and a guy was talking about this scripture, and he said that he did this with his kids. He said he has three kids, and he gave three cookies to one kid and said for them to share. And he said, you know, it, it's teaching sharing and caring and all of that. And he said, and, and typically it goes well. Occasionally, one kid gets really full and two are hungry and crying. And I wonder if the father looks down and says, I gave you three cookies, but it wasn't just for you. There are other people around you who don't have any cookies. And I think maybe the father looks down after he's given to us, because how many of us today have some cookies, right? We've, we've, got some, we've got more than enough for today. I mean, if we were really honest, there's, a little, there's at least a little more than what we need, not greed, but we need in our lives. And the father says, hey, you know what I can do with that stuff, don't you? You know how I can multiply it. You know how I can change lives through it. That's why in the next couple of weeks, it's going to be awesome when we invite the homeless ministry here in our church for two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Family promise is coming. And uh, the information's in your bulletin. You go out and sign up. Our life group's going to take one of the nights uh, Rochelle's already passed out a recipe to people, and, and everybody's going to make food and bring it here and bless those folks on one night. Your life group could do that. What do you mean you're not in a life group? What's wrong with you? 
All right, you need to get in a life group, all right? So you need to do that. Fix that today, too, okay? Just fix that so you can get together with other people uh, like we do and hang out with them and have fun and, and, and grow in, the, in your relationship with the Lord and with other people. And then you can do ministry like this. And so if you're not in one, maybe grab some strangers today and say, hey, would you like to cook something and help me feed the homeless one night or whatever, and, and just get some people together, and you could, or you could host. You could stay overnight with these folks and just make sure that all's well and, and everything with them uh, overnight. But either hosting or giving hospitality through food, you can make a difference, church we can make a difference. And the reason why God gives daily bread to you is not so you'll hang on to it. It is so that you will use it to bless other people, right? It's not just for us. And then here's the third thing, is know that he gives for today. He gives for today. As a matter of fact, Jesus says, Give us this day our daily bread. To which some of us would say, uh, that's redundant. Well, maybe not to the Lord, you know, but we think that. Well, isn't that redundant? Give us this day our daily bread. We kind of, okay, just give us this day our bread. Or give us our daily bread. But why give us this day our daily bread? I think God is trying to help us to understand something that we're to trust him daily. Daily. He emphasizes this daily. And the power of this word of today is throughout the scripture. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, the exact same word for today is used when Paul says, Today is the day of salvation. And notice he says it twice. Today is the day of salvation. He's emphasizing what today is. If you're here and, and you need forgiveness from God and, and you need to know that your sins are washed away, all the junk of your life and the mistakes and the hang-ups and habits and hurts that you've caused and, and all the things of your life that, that just gum up your life... And, and if you find out and know from the scripture that you can cast all your care on him, you can cast your sins upon him, you can give them to him, you can lay them at his feet, you can ask him to come in and wash and cleanse you and make you new. And Jesus says it's like being born again. I mean, it's like the first day of the rest of your life. When is the best day for you to do that? If you didn't do it yesterday, it's today, right? How many are with me? It's today. Today's the best day, not tomorrow. You know, the enemy tries to tell you, oh, you know, you'll have time for that, just wait, or whatever. That's not what Paul says. Paul says, mm, no, today is the day of salvation. And you know what? It's about trust. We have to trust that he'll forgive us, that he'll cleanse us, and, and that we'll be 
in right relationship with God for an eternity with him in a place called heaven. And when I don't trust God for that, what I'm trusting in is I'll be okay on my own. Because I'm so good at living perfect. You know, never saying anything out of line. Never thinking anything out of line. Never hurt anybody. Never messed up, you know. How many are with me? That's not a good plan. (laughs) It's not a good plan. And so how much better to trust him. But here's, here's what's amazing to me. Is some of us will trust him for that forgiveness. He'll wash my sins away. He'll cleanse me. He'll make me ready for heaven. That even if I died today and I couldn't even have a moment to pray or whatever. I just know I'm in good relationship with him. That I would go to live forever with him in heaven and we'll trust him for that but we can't trust him with 10% of our money that just seems crazy to me or we won't trust him that if I'll volunteer and and help God will multiply my time just like he multiplied that bread that if I'll step up and volunteer and become one of those awesome volunteers at Crossroads and give out and give of myself, that, that God will bless my business and, and it'll run okay. I won't even have to be there. God will, God will multiply things. God will do things supernaturally more than I could even, even imagine. See, it's a matter of trust, isn't it? As we trust him. And Jesus said it like this. In Matthew 6, a few verses down from the Lord's Prayer, he says, Don't worry about anything. Why are you worried? He said, Do you see the birds? Are they worried? Did they get up today saying, What are we going to do? I I just hope we're able to eat. I, I just hope we can find something. He says, no, the, the birds aren't worried. And he says, and if you're not into birds, how about the flowers? Do the flowers worry about what they're going to wear? Doesn't your heavenly Father clothe them in a beautiful way? How much more do you mean to God than any bird or any flower? Did Jesus come and die for the birds? Did he come and die for the flowers? No, he came and died, gave his life for humanity, for you and I, the pride and joy of his creation, the ones who are made in his image, in his likeness, the ones who needed him to come. And Jesus said, if I take care of birds and I take care of flowers, how much more will I take care of you? I'll take care of you. Tim Keller, Timothy Keller said this. He said, worrying is believing God will not get it right. Mm. See, that's really what happens. So here's what we pray. We're not praying, Lord, give us my daily bread, our daily bread. 
We, we say, Lord, give us our weekly bread. Or, uh, Father, give us our monthly bread. Or our annual bread. Because then I don't have to worry about it for a year. Just dump a whole bunch, you know. Just give me a whole bunch, because then I won't even have to pray for another year. And I think that's the point. I think that just like you don't want your kids to come and talk to you once a year, I think our Heavenly Father wants us to talk to Him every day, every single day to come and talk to Him. See, and as we do that, then, then he meets our need. And the point is, is, is we want our greed met. But look at what Proverbs says. I love this. Maybe you've never seen this in Proverbs chapter 30. Here's what it says. It, and it's a prayer. Keep falsehood and lies far from me, God. And give me neither poverty nor riches. But give me only my, my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord after all? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. Isn't that awesome? Maybe you know people that they have too much. They have so much they don't think they need to trust God. They trust themselves. They trust their ability. They trust their intellect. They trust their wealth. And, and the proverb says, oh, God, don't give me so much. Don't, get, don't bless me too much to where I don't trust you every day. But... On the other hand, God, don't give me so little that then I'm tempted to cut corners. Then I, I, I'm tempted to kind of be sly about things and, and work the system to my advantage. And, and instead, I give up my integrity in that regard. When Jesus talks about this, most Bible scholars believe it's a reference back to Exodus chapter 16. And let me just quickly tell this story. You may be unfamiliar with it, but here's what happened. Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt, and these two million or so people are going across the wilderness, and they're hungry, and they begin to bicker, which if you read the story, they do that a lot, unlike us, right? And, and so they start complaining and they're complaining, well, we should have just died back there. Why die out here? Why you got to move to die? Why not just die back there? Might as well die back there. And Moses is like, God, these people are driving me nuts. What do, what do I do with these people? And God says, just watch this. I'm getting ready to rain down food on them. Two million or more people are nothing for me to feed. I will feed them every day. When they wake up in the morning, I will have supernatural bread that will be out in front of them. All they've got to do is go out of their tent and gather it, but... 
just gather enough for that day. And don't bring in more than you can eat in a day. And then bring it in, and the next day, it'll appear again. Every day it'll do that, except on the Sabbath day. I know you're not supposed to work, and and you try to honor that. So to help you honor that, here's what I'm going to do. On that day before, I'm going to give twice as much. And I want you to go out and gather twice as much as you did before. And Because unlike the other days, I'm going to preserve that extra. It won't have maggots and worms and all that other stuff that the other will if you get greedy. But if on that day you gather twice as much because on the Sabbath it's not going to appear. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that God did this to test them. He did it to test them. See, it's a faith test. It's a trust test. Who are you going to trust in your life? And do you know what? Those people failed the test. Here's what they did. They went out and gathered, some of them, more than what they needed. Because they said, well, this may not show up tomorrow. And so they brought extra into their house and maggots started forming on that second day. And then on the Sabbath day, some of them thought, ah, it'll show up today too. And they went out and there was nothing. And God did that for 40 years. 40 years God did that. Now let me tell you something. God doesn't need General Motors. He doesn't need Chase Bank. He doesn't need whoever your employer is, whoever it is in your life to be your source when God wants to open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing. All he needs to do is speak it and it will happen. Okay? We don't need to stress that the manna won't be there. And in John chapter 6, Jesus says, who do you think the bread was? He says, the bread is really me. He says, I am the bread of life. And if you'll eat of me, if you'll take of me, you'll never, ever be hungry again. Not awesome? You'll never be hungry again. And here's the point. The point is not what you think you need and you know I need this. Oh, 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 God, give me my daily bread. I need a new boyfriend, God. Oh, oh, God, I, I need a new job, God. Oh, I need a new car. I need a car, God. I, I need, you know, one that runs, uh, God. I, I need more money. I need, you know, more clothes or whatever. And, and, and Jesus says, whoa, 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 whoa. Do the birds worry? Do the flowers worry? 
Do you have a heavenly father who cares about you? My mom used to love this song that we sang in church. We have specials about it. All that thrills my soul is Jesus. He is more than life to me. You see, Jesus wants to be your life, not just in your life. He wants to be your life. He is the bread of life. And so God, so we pray, oh God, rain down the true bread in this family because we don't need money as much as we need you. Hello, somebody. We, we don't need promotion. We don't need all this other stuff. But what we do need, it's not about the New York Stock Exchange. It's not about my employer. It's not about what the hospital can do for me. It's not what somebody else can do. It's not all those things around me, and it's certainly not the United States government that I'm relying on. It is in him. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, the holy lean on Jesus' name, on Christ the solid rock. I stand. How many are standing on the rock? See, Jesus says, lean on me when you're not strong. I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on, right? That's what Jesus says. Who are you leaning on? Who are you trusting in? See, this is why we need to pray this every day because we have a temptation to trust other sources. We have a temptation to put our trust in other things. And and what would happen? What would happen if you prayed for the true, the true daily bread to come into your marriage every day? What, What if you prayed for the true bread of heaven to come into your kids every day? What if you prayed for the true bread of heaven to be shared in your office every day? Students, it's not about popularity. It's not about posts. It's not about who you date or don't date. It's not about things of this world. I can point you to several many people who went down that path and fell a side that messed up because they put their hope, put their confidence, put their trust in something that wasn't true bread. Jesus is the true bread. He is the bread of life. He can come into your life and make it make sense and fill your life so full. Jesus said, you'll never be hungry again. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today that if we'll put our trust in you, you'll give us all those things we need. You promised it. And so, God, I know some of us, we get tempted to doubt and fear and unbelief and all kinds of stuff comes into our minds, into our lives, tries to jack up our, our prayer life. But God, today, Let's just get centered on you and what your word declares and what you've said and what you've promised, what you've guaranteed. 
Maybe you're here today and you'd say, Craig, there's times when, you know, I'm a believer, but I still struggle. I struggle with that trust test. And there's times when I trust him for this, but I don't trust him for that. And I need to trust him for all. And I want him to be Lord over all of my life. And so today, I'm coming to my heavenly father and saying, God, I, I, I appreciate the, the wake-up call today. I, I appreciate stirring me out of my complacency. I, I don't want to be a person who falls into distrust. I want to be a person who trusts you for that daily bread and people can partake of that which I've been filled up with. Other people can be part of the miracle as I give out and share at work, at school, wherever I am. God, I want you to use my life like that. If that's your prayer, would you just raise your hand and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want God to use my life like that. Yeah, hands all over this room. Father in heaven, I pray that today you help us to pass the trust test. You'll help us, God, to to put doubt down, fear and unbelief, and that we would declare who you really are in our lives, and that we would live with boldness in our relationship with you, knowing that you will provide every day. Like David, we've been young, then we're old, but we've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed go begging for bread. And God, you won't let us down. Your will, though, is better than ours. And so, Father, we submit to your will, your plan all over again. Maybe you're here today, others of you. And maybe you've never taken of that true bread. Jesus said, I'm the true bread. And if you'll take from me, you'll never be hungry again. Maybe today you're hungry in this place. Not physical hunger, but if you were to be truly honest, there's spiritual hunger in your life. And maybe you've used relationships. Maybe you've used substances. Maybe you've used all different kinds of things. You've tried to make money. You've tried to whatever. And stuff it into that God-shaped hole in your soul. But I'm telling you, nothing, nothing can satisfy. Nothing can fill that void in your life other than the one who put it there. And that's God. And if you'll invite him, here's what I know he'll do because he's done it for me. And I've seen him do it for so many others. He'll forgive you. He'll wash you. He'll start your life over again. He'll fill you with the power of his spirit. He'll enable you to live a life beyond what you could live on your own. And he'll do something supernatural within your life as you seek after him. And he will prove himself true. And if you're here today and you'd say, yeah, today is that day. Not tomorrow. Don't let the enemy talk to you about now, uh, down the road or whatever. I'm telling you, he's trying to keep you back from what God wants to do today. And if you know today... Today is that day you need him. Just raise your hand right now and say, yes, that's me. Yes, I see that hand. How many others? Yes, over here. Over here. God bless you. 
How many others? Yes, back here, a couple more. All right, hands around this room in different places. I know there's several who've raised their hands to make a change today. And it's the greatest change you'll ever have. So let's pray this prayer in Crossroads family. Just you go ahead and pray it out loud as well. Just repeat this after me and just make it your prayer, your cry unto God today. And I know he's going to hear you and that he's going to begin a new work in your life. Just say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus, the true bread of life for those who are hungry. And I know I'm hungry. I need you. So I ask you to come in and wash away my past. I know I've sinned, but I want to start over. So please help me today as I confess my sin, as I confess my need, I invite you to come in. And as much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. From this day forth, I want to serve you. I want to live for you. And I thank you for empowering me through your spirit to be more than I could be on my own. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, come on.